Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created the show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. This is a Soul Fire production. Religious trauma comes in many different forms. Trauma is trauma is trauma. And this episode digs right into what it's looked like for Brooke and Kanisha. While I've had the opportunity of witnessing the religious trauma my husband has experienced and how it has affected him throughout his life, I wasn't raised in the church or with a defined religion, but I have found my way into many churches in the past when I was desperately seeking something bigger than myself, a sense of community and belonging. Whether you've experienced religious trauma or know someone who has, this episode will open your eyes to another perspective. So pull up a seat and let's get unfiltered. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis, and this week we are diving into religious trauma. And it's actually interesting. I was doing a little digging on this because I do not have a religion. I believe there's a God. I believe in all of this stuff. I understand why people do. And also, I didn't grow up going to church. And the reason that I didn't was my dad didn't have a faith. And my mom was Catholic. And my dad was like, the girls aren't going. They can make their own decisions when they get older. And so obviously we didn't grow up in a church community. And then my husband kind of fast forward, my husband has a ton of religious trauma and it's something that comes up whenever him and his friends are together that I just can't understand and also believe and feel so grateful that my dad didn't force me into something because I witnessed my mom jump from being Catholic to then she tried Jehovah Witnesses. Then she tried, oh my gosh, so many different churches I remember going to as a child. And I think she just like really seen it now. I think she just wanted community so bad because when I look at church, I look at people just really feeling like they want to belong. And I could be completely out in left field, but when I look at it and really from an outsider's perspective, I'm like, oh, these are people that just want to belong. And it's actually interesting because my daughter recently said to me, this is actually a great segue too, is my in-laws are what they call Christadelphian. I had no idea what that was when we got together and his parents tried like hell to convert me. I didn't obviously. And my daughter, they would take our, our kids to they call meeting, which is a service. And she said about six months ago, she said, do you find it weird that there are so many different churches that believe so many different things, but many of them are reading out of the same exact Bible? And I was like, oh, this is really, really interesting. And so I think there's that piece that I can recognize. And as my kids get older, I'm like, I want them to have a choice. So I'm curious. I want to dive in, Brooke, because I know you have (laughs) some religious trauma. And also I want to have you talk in the perspective of, because I think when people hear the word religious trauma, if they don't know what it is, they're thinking like somebody was molested in the church or some kind of traumatic event happened 
specifically within the church versus I think maybe conditioning. And obviously I cannot speak on the topic because I didn't grow up in a church. So I'm going to let you take that one. (laughs) Thank you. This loaded Um, one. (laughs) Yeah, this loaded one. You know, it's, I liked your point about people wanting to belong and feel like they're part of a community. And I think that's such a huge component of religion, organized religion, faith communities, whatever you want to call it. And where the trauma can occur is, you know, yes, it can happen in those really big ways. Like you talked about, you know, sexual abuse. It can also happen with emotional manipulation, spiritual manipulation, uh, you know, being treated poorly, being ostracized. I mean, people want to categorize trauma as like big T trauma, little T trauma. Trauma is trauma. (laughs) If you feel like it's trauma, it's trauma. You know, like we're not here to argue and debate over whether it counts or not. Like, I just, I think that that's BS. And what happens is even if people experience something extreme, not extreme, they don't always recognize how that part of their life really trickled in to all the other areas and almost became foundational to decision-making, how they view relationships, how they view parenthood, how they view marriage, how they view friendship. I mean, it really does affect and can affect all of those areas. So there's a lot of untangling when you have spiritual trauma because it can be so all encompassing in your life. You know, I mean, a lot of people base their morals, you know, what's good and bad on their faith. And so when that boat gets rocked, it feels like everything gets rocked. So Brooke, like, were you part of the church growing up? Or was that like, was religion like part of your story? That is such a loaded question, Kanisha. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Yes. Long story short, yes, I grew up in, you know, what they would quantify as a Christian family, wasn't really super involved in church growing up, but I come from a lineage of male and female pastors, actually, and kind of found my own faith journey, exploration, whatever you want to call it, my teenage years, things were really chaotic for me in my home life. And you know, looking for something and um, started kind of dipping my toe in that myself, you know, and kind of taking ownership of my faith and what I thought or what I believed and asking questions. And I ended up at a Christian university, which I will not say the name of, because anytime I do, people automatically make assumptions about me or my beliefs or, you know, all the things. So I just always try to keep that one under wraps. Yeah. You know, I will say though, that season of life, I say that I learned more about who I didn't want to be during those years than who I did want to be. And then, you know, I actually spent a few years working at a church before that volunteered a lot. I was, um, you know, working in youth groups at camps, weekend retreats, and yeah, ended up working as a ministry assistant at a church. My husband was a pastor for a season wow. at that church. No so joke, crazy. your husband was a pastor? Yeah, he was. And it was wow. the absolute worst season of our marriage ever. Oh, um, wow. 
And, you know, there were a lot of things that happened, uh, a lot of small things and eventually culminated into one large event. And we made the decision to leave that church community and then were really ostracized from that church community. And it did a lot of damage. Yes, for me, although I would say leaving was probably more freeing, but it really kind of wrecked my husband's world. You know, because like I said earlier, his faith had kind of permeated all aspects of his life. You know, that's where he had a lot of his friendships. That's where a lot of his outlets and hobbies were like playing music. You know, I mean, you were with those people all the time, several times a week, thoroughly invested in their lives. We worked with teenagers specifically. So you really get to know them and their families and to then just not have that anymore and for them to view you a certain way. Yeah, it was catastrophic. Wow. Do you feel like that's why a lot of people don't leave, like this fear of what's going to happen to them if they make the decision to leave? I think a lot of people don't leave for a lot of reasons. Yes, this fear of losing community, but also, you know, depending on what type of church you go to or what denomination there is this fear drilled into you of the outside world, right? That this is supposed to be your safe space. This is supposed to be where you're unfiltered, where you're raw, where you're real. When in actuality, no, that's where you actually have to put on a filter. You have to be someone that you're not. You have to pretend you are, you know, dripping in shame and embarrassment internally because you can't be who you are. You're fearful of judgment uh, and you're fearful of being ostracized. And the people outside of that building are scary or bad or want to influence you in, in these ways. And so I think those are really the big factors in why people don't leave that fear of the outside world and then the loss of community. I've also seen it where the people within churches only hang out with people that are within their church. Like it's like they don't have friends outside of their church group of friends, you know? And so I think that's another thing I think about is how does that feel to grow up without any other exposure to people outside of your religion that believe differently? I mean, I think, I think you, you're seeing it right now. Like there's, our society is so polarized and mm-hmm. so fearful and unwilling to listen to another side or another perspective. And I don't want to get political, but I think the driving force of a lot of that is the American church. Yeah, well, they sort of do go hand in hand, though. Like, unfortunately, even though like they shouldn't, they do. And that's just how like society has separated, right? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you actually read the Bible or look at the Gospels or the teachings of Jesus, it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the opposite. But you know, yep. hypocrisy, hypocrisy, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Kanisha? What's your experience? So currently, I would say that I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Like organized religion is not my thing. But did I grow up in religion? Um, So my family, like in my household, we didn't, but I was introduced in middle school as like an escape from my house. Um, You know, I've talked, I've talked in the past before about abuse and neglect. And 
it was an escape to go to youth group on Wednesday nights because yeah. someone someone came and picked us up. We got to eat. We got to do whatever the hell we wanted. Wow. I've actually met some really lifelong friends that I will say that I have met that have similar thoughts now, <laughs> you know, but I think that we were all, some of us were all similarly there for those same reasons, maybe because of the area that I lived in maybe would play a factor in that as well because like it was low income and things like that that that's what people did we needed something free to do sort of on Wednesdays but I mean I went goodness I was very involved but I was also like a low-key bad kid like but they didn't know like I was an outside good kid but then like I'd make out or other things in the youth group room with boys. Like, <laughs> or, or, you know, like that no one really knew about. But like, it's interesting because my um, husband's dad was actually my youth pastor and that's how I met my husband. So um, fascinating. And, Seriously. Yeah. So, but he's older than me. So we didn't go to youth group together. Like, it was like my best friend dated his brother, like, and, and like I met through them and, and things like that. So it was really interesting. So we didn't actually start dating until after I graduated high school, but like we knew each other through the mm. church. And um, I mean, we were married in the church. Um, we continued to be involved in church for a little bit after until it was when we moved to California that we were like, you know, when we started to experience other things and realize like that we believed in scientific things more <laughs> and things of that sort that we realized that, you know, this just isn't, wasn't for us. And some other things had happened and, and we were like, no, we don't really want a part of this anymore. So my husband and actually his siblings, they're not super religious. Like they, some of them, they do believe in God. They are like religious, but they also like, have like more secular and liberal thoughts when it comes to things but you can you can do that you can believe in your higher power and you can also believe certain things need to happen out in in the community right and be equitable and and <laughs> you know yeah. things like that so for me there was a long time where i just didn't do anything but i was always interested in learning a little bit more about religion but only sort like, I don't know, I'm very fascinated by cult stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so fascinating. Like, if you watch some of these documentaries on these, like, cult-like things, like the Duggars or um, certain things about Scientology is considered a cult or those, like, certain... I think a lot of churches would actually fit the definition of cults. I mean, if you really looked at it, it would, right? But it's just really interesting, like once you go down that rabbit hole on TikTok or Netflix or whatever and start watching and learning about them, um, just like how mind shifting and I want to say brainwash folks get. It's really interesting. So for me, I believe that I am sort of like in charge of my journey. So I get to make my decisions. I get to you know, and Elizabeth, you've really helped me on that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, you know, like learning and growing in that space around spirituality a little bit. And it's not necessarily like, I don't believe in like a higher power, but I believe that 
things happen for a reason. That's so interesting that you say that, like you don't believe I, it's so, you know, people say this to us all the time. You know, obviously we own retreat. I own another business with one of my best friends and she, people think it's a this or that, like you can't be spiritual and believe in God. Like you can't do this. And it's an interesting part because I always think, you know, being a spiritual being, it's just, you rely more on yourself and your intuition and how you feel connected to your body, to your mind and different things like that versus this space of believing that God, a man is in control of how your life is dictated or things like that. I don't know. We're just always leaning on that. And I'm not saying, you know, after my parents passed away, I'm a firm believer and I'm in control of nothing, nothing. I can't control situations. I can't, I can't do anything. And I do believe I am into, I love astrology and human design that our lives are already, we're already put in motion before we even entered any place in, on this earth. Like it, you know, I, I do believe that I actually, one of my best friends is an atheist and it's always so interesting to me because I forget when we're having the conversation, she's like, you know, I don't believe in God, right? And I'm over here like, oh, I actually, it just slips my mind. I think because I think everybody believes in God. Isn't that an interesting thing? You just assume that you're a human strolling this earth and people, they must believe in God. And it's, I don't know that much. I don't know that much about the Bible. So when people are like quoting scripture and different things like that, I have no idea what they're talking about. So sometimes I'll have to look it up where I feel really stupid. And those pieces, I wish my parents would have educated me at least on the Bible and then let me make my own decisions. But honestly, I don't know if I really believe that or if I just am saying that because I feel like it's what I should do or what should have happened. You bring up a really good point, you know, like just this assumption that people believe in God, but I think it's more so that people are spiritual, right? Because spirituality is really important to being human. I mean, it is talked about like through my entire counseling program. If you look at any sort of substance abuse support, right? AA Mm. and all of that talk about a higher being, they don't necessarily quantify what that is for you, but they really do drive home the importance of some sort of spiritual practice. And when people say that they aren't spiritual, it always leads me to deeper questions like, okay, well, what about death? Like, how do you view death? How do you view like intuition? How do you make decisions, you know, and really trying to go and ask more questions and get to deeper layers because there's a belief system that they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it just might not. Yeah. They just can't put it in a box maybe, or it checks a lot of different boxes. And so they think, okay, well, I'm just not, I don't believe in anything. No, you do. Let's figure out what it is. Well, even not believing in anything would be believing in something. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. So if you make decisions (laughs) because you feel like you're in control, okay. Then you believe in like your own autonomy. You are not attached to mother earth or a higher power or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, where do you get your moral compass from? Are you just deciding Mm -hmm. what's good and what's bad? That's what I'm saying. Like it's asking those deeper questions and really getting people thinking, Okay. Yes, you have to have some sort of belief system. Are you just getting it all internally? Are you getting it from external things? Is it a mixture mm-hmm. of those things? What is it? Yeah. Like some people pray, some people meditate. Like it just right. 
I mean, yeah. it's very similar in the practice. It so is actually, it, it, it's so interesting. It always just amazes me. I will say, I think another thing that has turned me off from religion, I, okay, first I want to backtrack. I used to go to, I love Ward. So Ward is where my son went to preschool. I love mm-hmm. Christian rock. I will rock out to some Christian rock. Like my husband and I were going there and he'd look over just what is going on with you? <laughs> because I I'm could get like you guys. You, back I in could the day down. when we listened to like DC talk. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know that, you know that what my husband was like in a touring Christian band and on a Christian label, right? No, I didn't, but like, I need to hear his music. Status? No, not switch status. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know about you, but I can see why people get on board with that because when I would go, I love mm-hmm. the message too at Ward. I, I really did every single week. And I also think I was going in different phases of my life for very specific reasons, but I don't even know if I knew what those reasons were. But I will say one of the things that has turned me off from religion. So I've lost both my parents and then my mother-in-law, they don't believe their religion doesn't believe like you die, you're dead. You don't go to heaven. You don't go anywhere, period. Like there's nothing more to it. And she said to our daughter who at the time, maybe, okay, so Harper's 11, five years ago. So within the last five years, she said to her, well, you know that they're just dead in the ground. They don't go to heaven. They don't go anywhere. There is no heaven. And I was just like, how dare you, first of all, because that's not your place to say that to my daughter. That's not your place. She is not, you know, like you can believe what you believe, period. I'm okay with that, but don't push that on my kids and don't push that on my family. And I think I really had a hard time with that because I do regardless, regardless, I believe and I want to believe that's where my parents are. I want to believe that. And my parents were cremated, so they're not even in the ground. So it's just the idea that she was pushing that. And we had this moment, my husband and I both, because he has so much religious trauma and his parents Mm -hmm. were trying to take the kids to meeting and, you know, church every Sunday. And it just got to the point where he was just like, I'm done with this. I'm done trying to allow them to go because it feels good for my parents and they want them to grow up like this. And honestly, if I'm being fully transparent, you want to know why I let them go? Because I wanted to be accepted by my in-laws until finally I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? This is affecting me, my husband, my kids and their belief system. And I want them, like my husband will always say, I love that they get to learn about the Bible, but the other stuff, not so much. And so, you know, I think it's, it's those kind of pieces. And I, I think this conversation, and it's probably, there's probably definitely a part two in this because I think there's not a lot of validation for people who have been a part of a church and then, then it failed or whatever the, their relationship was severed in some fashion, making it religious trauma. And there's just, people just don't talk about it. They're not talking about the mental health side of religious trauma and what it does to women and families and men too, right? I This is a, a whole other side topic I want to talk about is men don't have those spaces to have these conversations about how much they've affected them, except with other people within the church that have also been affected, right? It's not like us, we have each other. Yeah. And I, I mean, religious trauma, spiritual abuse, all of those terms are still fairly new. You know, there's still 
research that's being done that's just coming out, you know, trainings for mental health professionals, you know, that are just launching, you know, to help with some of these issues. It's it's all a fairly new topic. And it's one that, again, like people are fearful of saying because the viewpoint is, you know, I'll, I'll speak from my professional experience and kind of helping clients with this topic. The viewpoint is that majority of people are Christians. And if they say anything against that, you know, like they're going to be viewed as the issue, you know, mm. that's what happened, right? They were, mm-hmm. even though they were victims, they were treated as the offender or the one in the wrong. And so you don't want to verbalize it or go public with it or speak out against it because it feels like you have this entire organized community coming against you. And yeah. who who wants to go against that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's, I think, I don't know about you guys, if people can take anything away from this is just the validation of if you've been in that experience, you know, a situation where you've dealt with religious trauma or you've been in a religion and it just doesn't feel right or something happened within it, but you've stayed for one reason or, or another is just really feeling validated in the fact that there are other things out there too. And it, I think that's the the interesting part, the thing that I think about, because I don't have this religious background and I'm still a pretty good human, even not having yeah, this or going are. to go right mm-hmm. and not going to church every Sunday. I'm still mm-hmm. a really good person and I have morals and values and all those things. And just because they weren't necessarily from the Bible, but I, I just, I think that you know, and people might see the title of this. I thought about this too. People might see the title like, oh, I don't have religious trauma. I'm not going to listen. But you know, people who do. Why can we not just accept, you know, like when you're out and you know, your friend's a Christian and she's Presbyterian or whatever the case may be. Why do we have to try to convert one another? Why can't we just, I think it's that whole piece of acceptance, like accepting where people are at, accepting what people believe, not always trying to convert one another, but just, I think you said it, Brooke, where people you just can't agree. It's just, you know, just yeah. have this like mutual understanding. And acceptance of your family too. I know that I'll end my part with like, we even got a lot of crap for not baptizing our children or not mm. committing them to the Lord. Dedicating, or, de- them. committing them to dedicating them. I've been committed. <laughs> Same thing. Okay. But, um, Like, I mean, to the point where, like, the pastor got sent to our house to have a conversation that, like, to try to sway us. And we're like, you know, we just don't want to choose that for our kids. But you know what? We let our kids go to church with their grandparents. Like, they can make their own decision when they're older, but I'm not going to force them to make that decision for them. And I mean, I just didn't want to, but we didn't not just I, my husband and I made the decision not to baptize our children. So. And why can't we all just be okay with each other's decisions and versus trying to convert one another or whatever the case may be, but okay. Mm -hmm. I know there is so much more to this. And I, I think what I really want is people to message us and let us know where they are with this and their thoughts with 
religious trauma, religion in general, because here's the thing, we're not bashing anyone's religion. We're not saying that one's better than the other, or this person's right, that person's not, or whatever the case may be. I love being curious. Like I am so curious about Buddhism and all of these different religions or spirituality or, or different aspects. I'm just so curious about them. So why can't we just be curious and accept one another for whatever our belief system is and just, you know, message us, shoot into our DMs, let us know what your thoughts are and, and let's kind of really continue this conversation and go from there. But, you know, again, thank you guys for being here, for listening, for just being part of our community and sharing the unfiltered mom. It's so appreciated. And we'll see you next week.